Hey there, this is Brian. I'm the host of the Engaging Missions show. If you've found this show for the first time, I did want to take a second to let you know that this show is not currently in production. You're certainly welcome to check out all of the archives, but we don't have new episodes coming out at the moment. However, I did want to take a second to highlight one of the sponsors that sponsored the show a while ago. They're not currently sponsoring the show, but if you're looking for a place to invest in the kingdom, I'd recommend checking out Mega Voice Audio Bibles. You can find them at megavoice.com, or you'll find a link in the show notes, and I would encourage you to just check that out and see if maybe that's a fit for your giving. There's no compensation here or anything like that. I just wanted to highlight them. And with that, I'll get you back into the regular program. You're listening to the Engaging Missions Radio Show, Episode 41 with Joshua McLeod. Welcome to the Engaging Missions Radio Show. If you care about missions, this is the place for you. Whether you're actively involved in ministry and missions, are considering missions, or serve God in the marketplace with a heart for God's kingdom, you're in the right place. Join us each week for inspiration, encouragement, resources, and so much more as we delight in the things that God is doing all around the world. All right, let's get started. I'm really excited to bring you Joshua McLeod today. I first remember meeting Joshua when he was filming some stuff for our church over seven years ago. He's an amazing man with a wide swath of ministry and business ventures. Joshua is a professional photographer and a filmmaker, and he's the founder of Watermelon Ministries. He's worked with Christian media productions in 17 different countries and has helped countless individuals through ministry consulting and media services. Joshua is an influential speaker and teacher. He lives in Tennessee with his wife, Sarah, and seven kids. Most recently, he's launched Picture the Nations. Okay, Joshua, I've given a little introduction. Now, why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and your ministry. We'd like to get to know you personally. All right. Thank you. Well, Brian, thank you so much for having me on this show, and uh, thank you for all of the work that you do serving so many people. Um, yeah, well, God called my wife, Sarah, and I to start uh, Watermelon Ministries in 2004. And, uh, you know, for seven years, we were kind of media missionaries. So I traveled all over the world and, and showed our, our slogan was capturing the kingdom of God on film. And uh, we just showed the amazing things that God is doing all throughout the world. He's not dead. He's 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 uh, he's amazing. And, uh, and 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 we can see what God is doing through the lives of amazing individuals. So I wanted to show that on video. But really, um, the ministry has has matured into what I think God really wanted from the ministry. And so right now, we've kind of expanded the media services, and we're, we are actually a missions agency now. And so our mission statement is equipping thousands to reach millions. And so we're a missions agency that helps launch and sustain creative artistic initiatives that build relationships, make disciples, and serve communities around the world. So the three initiatives that we've launched, one is called Media Change, which I've already mentioned, Capturing the Kingdom of God on Film. A second is called Instruments of Joy, and we give away instruments to aspiring musicians in the developing world who couldn't afford them. So we've given out 84 instruments in 27 countries to, uh, you know, if you were Mozart, but you were born in a little hut in Malawi where your parents made $100 a year, 
then there's no way that you could have a couple hundred dollar guitar or, or a keyboard or something like that to learn your instrument. So what we do is we go out in Jesus' name and give away instruments to people who couldn't afford them. And the third ministry is what you mentioned, Picture the Nations. And Picture the Nations, uh, it's a photo-giving ministry. Uh, so what we do is our mission in Picture the Nations is to show the beauty of people in every nation. So we go on photography-giving trips where we travel to countries. We go to cities and suburbs and rural areas, and we just take pictures of individuals in their element, uh, showing the beauty of that nation. And then we print the pictures out on the spot and give those pictures to the missionary, or I'm sorry, give those pictures to the individuals. And then we come back and we create coffee table picture books and we sell prints and then we give the money, uh, the profits from those books and prints to any ministry serving in that country. So if you are, you know, the Assemblies of God or the Baptist Convention or the Presbyterian Group or the Red Cross or Salvation Army or whoever you are, then you can get these books at cost and then sell them to raise money for your organization. So in this way, we're able to use photography to serve the entire world. Because we've, uh, our mission is to do this in every nation. Wow. So, I don't know. If, yeah. That, that's great. I got to be honest, my head is spinning right now just hearing about all these things. I can't imagine trying to be in charge of all of this, trying to take care of all of the details and all of that stuff, um, especially knowing that you have a wife and seven children. Now, we, we know that there is a wide variety of missionary experience, if you will, all the way from people who live in a remote village somewhere in, say, Africa or in Central America or someplace where we would think of as kind of the jungle or a frontier space, all the way to the other end of the spectrum, which is more where you are, you know, someone who lives here in based in the U.S. and then commutes all around the world to do the various kinds of things. Can you share with us a little bit about how life works for you, what kinds of, what kinds of things you have going on and, and how you keep track of it all? The most important thing in any ministry is surrender. And, you know, there's a, there's a passage in John 12, 24 that says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life will lose it. But whoever hates his life for my name's sake will keep it for life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the father will honor him. And, uh, and the, that, that verse, I think, really encapsulates what any ministry is about. There's so many different types of people, but every person is like a seed. So if I have a seed that sits on a table, then that seed's never going to grow into anything. But if I have a seed that is planted in the soil, then the full potential of what that individual can accomplish is really is, is achieved. So Jesus said, it, we're like a grain of wheat. Uh, unless we fall to the ground and die, we can't produce any fruit. But if we do fall to the ground and die, we can produce much fruit. And then it follows that by saying, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. So, in it's, I mean, it's kind of a long answer to a, a question, but the the number one thing to do is wake up every day and say, okay, Jesus, what do you want me to do today? Uh, I've, I've given my life to you, you know, so you need to guide me and lead me. Uh, and so I can go and, and obey. And, uh, and what I've, what I've learned is that, 
God, I'm I'm a I'm a strategist by nature, so I am uh, I'm always wanting to figure out, you know, how am I measuring results? What is my plan? How you know, what are all the systems in place? How are we tracking? How are we measuring? How are we doing this? Most of the time, God is saying, hey, you need to quit all that and just uh, hang out with me some and listen to what I tell you to do. And then he gives me a better strategy for <laughs> for the for the plan. That's that's good. That's probably something that I needed to hear as well, because I think I mentally I probably approach things similarly. I'm always thinking, okay, well, how do I know if I've succeeded or how do I know if I'm making progress? And always thinking, well, what's the most effective way to get from here to there? So I appreciate you sharing that. I, my prayer is that that will impact my life and I will begin to do this more effectively. Now that we know you a little bit, would you like to share with us a scripture or a motivational quote that's really been meaningful to you and then share with us how that's really helped shape your behavior? Well, I think, I mean, there's a lot of scriptures that I could share. I think the most important scripture that I know is uh, in First John, it says, in this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and gave himself to be the propitiation of our sins. And so I think one of the things, you know, the most, if, if the in, if the initiation of ministry is surrender, the uh, the application of ministry is love. But the problem is, well, how do I love uh, if it doesn't start with me? And I think the way that we love is we receive love from God. You know, love starts from God, and so I've received love from God, and then I pour out love through God to others. So that's one that's one verse that I think is critical in ministry. Another one is Galatians 5 where it says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness and self-control. So I think as we look at ministry, uh that's the fruit that we want to measure first. Is is there love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control pouring out of me? And if that's not the case, then I've got to ask myself, am I am I surrendered to God and am I receiving his love? Um, and I know that's, you know, it sounds kind of maybe campy or, <laughs> or something like that. But really in ministry, that's the key. It's receiving love and giving love and then measuring the fruit of our lives, we get tempted to measure everything by numbers and results and, um, you know, how, how X, Y, Z did we, how, how effective was our serving. But I think really God measures how effective is our loving, you know, but like mother Teresa said, you know, it's not about doing great things. It's about doing small things with great love. So, Joshua, I, I really appreciate you sharing both of those scriptures with us. And I appreciate that you've brought it down kind of that to pr- perspective of, okay, let's, let's change what the, the metric if, is, if you will. Let's measure things by love. Let's take a look at those fruits of the Spirit. With that said, though, we also know that there are times in our, in our journeys where we encounter challenges or failures. I know that in my own journey, there have been times when God has taken me beyond myself to show me that he would sustain me. And 
in those times of challenges or failures, whether it's our back against the wall where we need a breakthrough, whether we're praying for somebody else that we care deeply about, uh, that's very often where we connect deeply with other people and with God. Can you share with us a story of a time in your journey when you faced a significant challenge or a failure and then share with us what God did in and through that? I think the biggest challenges that we have in in ministry or or in life really are our challenge is not external, but internal. And I think the biggest challenge is really looking ourselves in the mirror and, and facing down our failures, you know? So I, I was sitting with a guy and I do a lot of consulting and I was sitting with a young guy that was kind of a, an upstart and just a, a little cocky, you know, these guys are just like that. And so I was sitting there and I was helping him, telling him how to fix all of his problems. And he looked at me and he said, you know what your problem is? You don't ask any questions. You think you know the answer to everything. You think you've got everything figured out. You're not really listening and caring about me. You're just trying to solve the problem. And uh, and when he said that, it was like God spoke and thundered, you know, behind him, you know, and God was like, he's telling the truth. <laughs> you're not you don't ask any questions. You're just you're just going about thinking that you're solving all the world's problems. And uh, and that really hurt me, you know, because I want to serve people. I want to love people. And now I'm, I'm being faced with the reality that. I don't I want to I want to serve people on my terms. I want to fix people. I want to feel good about all the great stuff that I've done instead of just actually loving people. And so how do you get through a, a trouble like that? How do you get through a trial like that? Uh, you ask God to make you better, you know, um, that's the thing. I'm a I'm a type A doer. I love to jump out and accomplish everything and get everything done. And, uh, and so what I have to do is, is, is rely on the fact that I can't do it. I mean, that's what's so great about the gospels. We can't fix ourselves. We really need to repent and just recognize, you know what? I'm a sinner. I need help. I need God to serve me and then let him do it. Um, I don't know if that's kind of what you're looking for, but that that was great cuz uh i don't know that anybody's shared anything like that but i know that that's an experience that's common to so many people and again i i see it often in my life that god calls me up short on those kinds of things so that story's great now we are going to move to the other end of the spectrum though because just as we all have challenges there are also those times when we have moments of revelation whether it's an experience where God sort of parts the skies and we have the proverbial shaft of life or shaft of light rather that comes down or whether it's a time when we've been walking through a a season of revelation and over time God has been revealing something to us and as we look back we begin to see what God's doing. Can you share with us a time in your journey when you had one of those moments of revelation or one of those experiences of revelation and then share with us what you did to take what God was showing you and then to run with it? Yeah, let me let me share. Um, let me can I follow up on the previous question too and share another a little bit of a different story. Sure. Uh, God, with the Picture of the Nations ministry, I had an opportunity to go to uh, Mongolia, and on that trip, I really felt like God was calling me to go, and all we had in the bank was enough for me to go. Like, I didn't know how I was going to go on the trip and then also pay the bills when I got back home. But I 
I've, I've, I really felt like God wanted me to go and Sarah felt like it was the right thing for us to go. So I went out to Mongolia and on the, on the way to Mongolia, we were sitting in the airport and there was a guy, I just met a guy that struck up a conversation and he was really going through a struggle in his life. So I sat with this guy, I prayed, I prayed with this guy, I prayed for the struggle that he was going through. I didn't really think anything about it. And he said, Hey, can you give me, uh, can you give me your business card? So I gave him my business card. I went on to Mongolia. I was in Mongolia for like 19 days and I'm coming back from Mongolia and I'm then remembering and God moved amazingly, you know? And so I'm coming back from Mongolia and I'm like, okay, yeah, now, oh yeah, I, I have this financial problem. I forgot about it. Well, I went to the mailbox and there was a check from the guy that I met on the airport on the way to the mission for $2,500. And the funds that I didn't have going out on the trip, by the time that I came back, uh, they were there. And uh, when you, you know, this is our, we've been in ministry for 10 years. And I can't tell you how many, uh, how many, miracle stories there are of God's provision and how many times that God has met our needs. But I don't, I think that miracles, we're to expect miracles, but we're not to rely on them. You know, God, God doesn't say live your whole life relying on miracles. He says, don't be a fool. God's not mocked. You reap what you sow. And I think that in Christian life, we are to sow into our work, so into communication, so into the things that we're doing. And then when miracles are necessary, God's going to provide. Um, but he does provide. God's miracles are all over the place. So that's one, that's one thing that I wanted. I just kind of was thinking about that as I was, as I was reflecting on your last answer. Um, as, I, as I think about uh, aha moments, on my first trip out of the country, I was in Ethiopia, and I had just got a new camera, and I was out taking pictures, and I saw this lady. We were in a slum, and it was really interesting because on one side of the on one side of the street was this huge hotel that was like a five star luxury hotel, and on the other side of the street was this slum where people are living on a dollar a day and just huts, and and I was just amazed that these this this dichotomy could be here, a super hotel on one side. And on the other side, there's this slum. And I saw this lady and she was so interesting to me. And I just had my new camera and I thought, I'm going to be the best photographer in the entire world. So I started taking pictures of this lady and she started screaming at me. She was like, ah, and so I didn't, I didn't understand what she was saying. And I asked the guy that I was with, who was a pastor in that area. I said, what, what's that woman saying? I guess she didn't want me to take her picture. And he said, that woman said, don't take my picture if you can't fix my poverty. And as I I thought about that and I reflected on that, I realized that I was there really all about how great of a photographer that I could be. I wasn't there about how, how much love can I bring into every individual's life that I met. And so I made a commitment that I wouldn't take photographs. I wouldn't use pictures unless they were serving people. And I wouldn't, I would ask permission. So then 
a couple years later, I was on a trip in South Africa, and I was out in very similar situation where you have this really beautiful, pristine, you know, luxury area, and then on the other side is an absolute slum. In this case, there's like a 20-foot wall that comes up where it's blocking out the slum so that when you're driving down the highway, you don't have to look over and see the people living in poverty. And so we went into this Kailisha slum in in South Africa. And as I was there, I was I had my camera out. I was asking permission. I was taking pictures. And then another woman started screaming at me. And she started screaming and she said, take our picture. Show everyone how we live. Please show the world how we live. And here I was totally, it was a, it was a different scenario um, where this was a lady that was crying out because she wanted people to see who she was. And so what Picture the Nations is, is it's really a combination of those two stories. The, on the one hand is we don't take the pictures of individuals if we don't ask permission and we're not showing them love. And on the other hand, we don't take pictures of individuals if we're not using those photographs to fight poverty and to serve people. Now, I'd like to go ahead and move to the present day. We've already alluded a little bit to what you have going on with Picture the Nations. And I think I'd like to hear a little bit more about that, if that's okay. Because what I'm wanting to hear is something that you've got going on, something that's exciting you about your ministry. Uh, Can you share with us uh, a little bit more about Picture the Nations, and maybe a little bit about what you see coming in the future as a result of this ministry? You know, God puts in everybody different passions. We're, we're created in the image of God, and if, if nothing else, that makes us creative. You know, so one of the things that we think of mission work is we think that only, you know, pastors and evangelists and things like that are are effective at at ministry, but um, so there's there's a ton of photographers out there who are passionate about serving people and but who also want to use the gift that God has given them to show the beauty of people. And so what we do is we facilitate short term missions trips where photographers can go to a country spend a couple weeks, they have to raise their own support, they have to pay their own way, and they have to give the pictures away. And so it's really not about me photo. It's not about uh, the great the great pictures that I'm able to take. It's about going and using photography to serve. And so right now, you know, you can go to picturethenations.org, and if you've never seen the beautiful people of Mongolia – you can just go to picturethenations.org, click on countries, go to Mongolia, and just see the people that have been captured through a Picture of the Nations trip, or Nicaragua, or Mexico, or, or wherever you can go. And our goal is is that there's a place where if a missionary is wants to say, we serve in Mongolia, that you can go to a website and you can look at the people in that country. With the Picture of the Nations books— you know, if a missionary comes and speaks at a church, then a week later you forget, you know, you forget about them. But if a missionary comes and speaks at a church and then they have a beautiful National Geographic quality coffee table picture book 
that you can get for 20 bucks, then they, they take that book, they sit it on a coffee table and then, then those people remember to pray for that missionary. And then when people come over to their house, they're like, Oh, what's this book about? And then they're, they're remembering the missionaries that are all over the world. And so I wanted to have a tool so that every forgotten missionary in the world would have uh, a way to be remembered. You know, I, if, if we're created in the image of God, which we are, then we're beautiful, period. And the thing about God is that he is so diverse. He is not just a, you know, we get the picture of, of Jesus, the fair, you know, the long-haired, fair-skinned guy. That's not what Jesus looked like. You know, Jesus looks like faces that I see all over the world. And, um, you know, you know, well, Jesus was Jewish and Middle Eastern, you know, so if we if we wanted a picture of what Jesus would look like, that's what we should, would look like. But but Jesus is reflected in the faces of his children all over the world. And so I've really just I've, I don't it's about the whole ministry is about showing beauty. It's showing what God has created. It's showing the dignity of the human. And so there's so many photographers and things that are out there like paparazzi that are trying to expose, you know, ugliness and chaos and horror. We're trying to show beauty and uh, dignity and, and then use all of those photos to serve people. Wow. That is, that is powerful. Now we're going to go ahead and shift our focus a little bit. We've talking, been talking a little bit about you and the ministry, but now we're going to t- talk a little bit about the audience. We're going to talk to our listeners a little bit because we know that not everybody here is called to vocational ministry. I know from knowing knowing you that you have a past in business and then God called you into ministry. And our audience right now is primarily people who are in, called into the marketplace. They do care about missions. They care about God, but they don't necessarily feel called to missions. What would you tell them if if you were talking to someone and they're starting to wonder if what they do in business really matters in the kingdom? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I would say, I kind of already said at the beginning, is is that the, the most important thing in any person's life is surrender. And the, I remember taking a piece of paper and writing every single thing that I was doing, my job, my house, my cars, my, my wants, my, my dreams, and I wrote it all down on the piece of paper. And I said, God... I want to follow you. I don't want to be the leader of this bus. I don't want to be the person in charge. I want to follow you. And so I'm going to go down this paper line by line, and I'm going to say, what things do you want me to pick up? What are the things that you want me to to do? And then I prayed about each one. And, and some of those things on the piece of paper, he said, leave those down. You know, and and all and a lot of those things he would say, yeah, I've designed all of those things for you. And then ask him, okay, now what are the things that you want me to do beyond what I can think? What are the things that you want me to do beyond what I can dream? And then obey him and and write those things down. In terms of of ministry, there Jesus Jesus is always speaking in the plural. You know, when he's teaching the disciples to pray, 
He says, our father, which are, he says, our father, you know, which are in heaven, holy be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, you know, but then he's, he's always pointing towards community, you know, Romans 12, you know, as in one body, we have many members, the members do not have the same function, though we, though we are many are one body in Christ. And so every single thing that happens, every ministry that happens, happens through community. So, you know, there is no such thing as watermelon ministries without the community of people that that are called to walk together and bring about those ministries. And so there is no church that happens without every member that's in the community. Um so I, I feel like the most important thing that any, anybody that wants to be serious about the kingdom is first um, surrender, and then second, find a community that's serving together and go serve as part of that community. And then also give money to missionaries because we need it. <laughs> well, that's actually the perfect lead into the next question, uh, because in a similar vein, as we're all part of the same body, I'm sure that there are people who are listening who are already supporting a missionary. They're already giving money. They're already praying. But they maybe they want to level up a little bit. They want to do something more. From your experience and the people that you know, What's one thing they could do to really level up their game, whether, you know, something to further support and encourage a missionary? Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we live in, we, we don't realize how amazingly blessed we are until we're traveling out in the developing world. I was at a presentation the other, the other day, and the, the guy had 20 balloons. And he said, okay, if, if you're like living on $60,000 a year in the whole world, how many how, how, of these 20 balloons, how many of these balloons would represent the people in the world that are living that good? And so he was like, out of the 20, how many? And so people started saying, you know, 10 or 5 or 1. And he said, actually, it's one-sixth. And he blew up a, a sixth of a balloon and he said – you're part of this. You have this much blessing. Mm-hmm. So a good rule of thumb is is if you think about uh, the impact of money, in the developing world, money w- will impact about 10 times the amount of impact that it does here. So, for example, if it costs a million dollars to build a building in the United States that will serve a 1,000 people, that same building – a similar building will, that'll serve a thousand people in the developing world will cost a hundred thousand dollars. So, if you need a vehicle for transportation, it's going to cost us thirty grand. A vehicle for transportation in the developing world that will do uh, just as much good will cost three grand to get something done. So, one of the challenges that I like to give people is. The next time your your church or your ministry or you're you're spending you're spending a thousand dollars on a, a really fancy TV or something like that, why don't you give a tenth to somebody in the developing world, somebody that is in poverty or a ministry that is fighting poverty? Um, because it's remembering our brothers and sisters and people who are around the world. So our, it's like 
every gift we make like multiplies by 10 automatically when we're serving in areas of great poverty. Wow, that's that's very powerful. Yeah. With that, I would like to go ahead and transition to the speed round. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us with your amazing answers. Does that sound like a plan? I'll try to see if I have a... I doubt I'll have amazing answers, but that's that's fine. What's one thing you wish you would have known before you started out? Uh, God, God doesn't have any problems with not telling you much. And uh, mystery is fine. I think I think if we knew if we knew more than we would, we'd never do what he's called us to do. So he doesn't give us the second step. He just gives us the first step. Uh, looking back over the years, what's one thing you wish you would have done differently? Um, I think an emphasis on kindness. I think the most important thing that uh, in my life, the thing that I want to be is kind. What's the best advice you've ever received? I, I was struggling in ministry one time, and I, I didn't have the answers. I didn't have the ability to fix the problems in a in a a guy in my church said, why don't you take and pray 30 minutes about that every day? And uh, I started doing that, and uh, and that's been the best advice ever. God answers prayer. Can you share one of your personal habits that you strongly believe contributes to the success you've seen? Um, a confessaholic. Uh, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's a proverb that says, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper but he who confesses and forsakes them will find mercy. So I think the measure of righteousness, I heard, um, I was in New York and I heard a, a speaker recently who said that righteousness is, is really more in how quickly you repent. Wow. Do you have an internet resource or an, an internet tool that you use and can share with our listeners? You know, there's a great tool called lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A where it's like the best trainers in the world that teach about all of the different softwares you could use, Photoshop or, or Final Cut or QuickBooks or whatever you use, lynda.com, it's like $25 a month, and you just have exceptional online training. Wow. What's one book that you would recommend for our listeners? Oh man, uh, there is a book and it's it's out of print and it's hard to find, but it's the best book that I've ever read on Christian ministry. It's called The Christ of the Mount by E. Stanley Jones. And it's a treatise on the Sermon on the Mount that talks about how we should live. Wow. Yeah. So for those listening, assuming I can find that book online and all of the other resources, of course, will be linked up and that will be in the show notes. That will be at engagingmissions.com slash Joshua McLeod. And McLeod is M-A-C-L-E-O-D. So that's where I'll have all of this linked up, including a link to the book if I can find it. Uh, now, Joshua, we're gonna, we've just got a couple minutes left. Uh, I want to go back and focus a little bit deeper on your perspective and some ministry advice. This is our opportunity to learn from your experiences. What's one thing you would tell someone who's living in the U.S. or in North America, and they're looking around and realizing that their neighbors and their coworkers come from a country that we just a few years ago might have considered missionary territory? Right, right. Um, you know, the thing that the thing that I've experienced time and time and time again overseas is that they're community and family oriented. 
And so if you're a stranger over there, no matter what, you are you are invited to dinner, you are greeted, you are smiled at, you are are just loved. And that that's for me, like in all Muslim villages, in you know, pagan places, people reach out out of common courtesy because culturally that's what happens. They smile at me. They come shake my hand. They invite me to dinner. And uh, and so I feel like it is incredibly important for us to do the same for when you see the lady with the headscarf, when you see uh, that the Muslim or the Buddhist or the Hindu or the whoever um, love on them. It's so important. I think another thing would be to understand and do a little research and study the different religions. There's a great book uh, that's called Faith to Faith that is uh, written by Dan Scott, who's a pastor of Christ Church, that, that really walks through what the different religions teach. And I think being well-versed in what different religions teach is really critical. Uh, in our day and age, like we have to know what are the five pillars of Islam? What, you know, what does a Hindu believe? What does a Buddhist believe? And so doing a little research there really removes the uncomfortability that, that, that we might feel, um, with the changing demographic in our, in our land. Um, but the bigger than all of that is just asking the question, what's the first response that I see that I have inside of me when I see someone and is it love? And if it's not love, then we need to get in our prayer closet and say, God, give me a love for people, people on the bus, people at my job, people around the street. Just give me love because there's nothing more important than that. This last one's a little bit tricky. So if you need to, you can take a minute and think about it. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning. It's your first day of ministry in a new country where you don't know anybody. Now, you still have your experience, your knowledge, your family's there with you, and your food and shelter are covered, so you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff. But all you have that we might consider resources are a laptop and $500 U.S. What do you do in the first seven days? Um, you know, when, when Jesus sent his disciples out two by two, he said, when you go into a city, uh, look for look for a man of peace. Look for somebody that would invite you in and then go and stay with them when you're in that city. So if I, if I work up, woke up in a new country, I would be looking for a man of peace, somebody that is friendly, somebody that would invite me in. And, um, and then that's what I would do. That's where I, that's how I would I would operate. And I would pray until I had that person. And then I would ask, you know, what happened is we have kind of translators or people who are able to to cross boundaries and interact with people. And so I think we should be those men of peace for others. And uh, I think that there are those that are out there. And so kind of be a connector, be somebody who finds somebody and and then you know, generates relationships so that they can help me understand their community and I can help them understand my community. Wow, that's great. And I, I'm really happy to hear your focus on the person of peace. I think that's a wonderful insight for us. Now, we're almost done, Joshua. Can you share with us one last piece of advice, the best way for people to connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye? Well, I've said it, I think, three times, but the, the most important thing of Christianity is love. 
do I love God? If I don't, no problem. Say, God, I need you. I need to love you more. Do I love people? If I don't, no problem. Say, God, I need to love people more. Please help me. Um, and, uh, that's, that's the, that's the advice that I give the, the, in terms of contacting, you know, we've got, because we're a missions agency, we've got a whole lot of initiatives that are going on. If you want to contact me, you can contact me at Joshua at watermelonministries.org, or you can go to watermelonministries.org and look at the different ministries. Uh, or you can go to picturethenations.org or instrumentsofjoy.org or mediachange.org. That's great. And again, all of that stuff will be linked up for us in, in the show notes. So if you're driving to work or you're working out right now, don't worry about trying to write all of that out. Just go to engagingmissions.com slash Joshua McLeod. Now, Joshua, thank you so much for being with us today. We really appreciate your time and your generosity. Thanks, Brian. God bless. Well, that was Joshua McLeod of Watermelon Ministries and Picture the Nations and Instruments and Joy and Media Change. Frankly, he's involved in a whole bunch of stuff. And if you're interested in checking out what he has going on, then you'll definitely want to stop by the show notes so you can click through to any of the links that he provided, as well as the couple of books that we talked about and any of the other resources that you'll find there. The show notes are at engagingmissions.com slash Joshua McLeod. And again, McLeod is M-A-C-L-E-O-D. Or if it's a little bit easier, you can just do slash 41 as in episode number 41. I did want to let you know that I'm planning to make an announcement next week. Now, I'm not planning to cancel the show or anything like that. It's actually something that I'm planning to do in the next few weeks. I'm looking for things to do to benefit missionaries, and I have an idea. But before I share it, I just want to get it a little bit more fleshed out. But when I do that, I'll also be asking for your participation, because I do want to help leverage what we have going on here to benefit missionaries, not just to listen to their interviews and to learn from them, but then also to help invest in the kingdom in and through their lives. And I want to do it in some fun ways. If you have any feedback for the show, you can, of course, leave a comment in the show notes, which again, at engagingmissions.com slash Joshua McLeod. Or if you'd like, you can send an email to feedback at engagingmissions.com. Whether this is your first time here, you're connected with Joshua and you just stopped by to hear a little bit about his story, or if you're a regular subscriber, I do appreciate that you're here. Of course, if you haven't already subscribed, I would definitely recommend that you stop by iTunes and subscribe. You can do that by visiting engagingmissions.com slash iTunes. That's a whole lot easier than searching for Engaging Missions on iTunes. That Right there, you'll find a link that will take you to iTunes so that you can subscribe. And you'll also find a two and a half minute video that shows you what you need to know in order to be able to subscribe and also leave a rating and review. And believe it or not, leaving that rating and review can mean a lot to the show. It helps other people connect with stories of missionaries like Joshua McLeod and the other 40 guests we've had on so far as well as all the guests we haven't had on so far. And I would really appreciate it if you'd do that. It helps us, honestly, it helps us connect with more people, and I believe that this will help us change the world. I believe that people will be encouraged when they hear what missionaries like Joshua share. I also believe that people will be challenged when they hear what missionaries like Joshua share. So I would appreciate it if you would stop by and do that. Regardless of whether you do that, I am thankful that you've been here. I'm thankful that you stopped by to listen, uh, whether you, again, whether you stopped by the very first time this time or if you're a regular subscriber. 
It's great to know that you're here. It's great to know that you care. This has been the Engaging Missions Radio Show. Thanks so much for listening. May God richly bless you. We'll see you next week.